welcome back to Early Departures. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited because we planned ahead that I was going to say it first. <laughs> yes. And on that note, I'm Phoebe. <laughs> and I'm Ashley, the entertainer. <laughs> the entertainer. And uh, we are here to bring you another week of Vacation Nightmares. And try not to bum you out too much. <laughs> try not to bum ourselves out too much. Well, I think this is just like a reminder that things can always be worse. Things that remind you to be happy with your status quo of your life. I'd say probably just as desensitizing me to all of it. I mean, but, you know, if a murder came in your house, you would still, <laughs> you would not be desensitized to that. But that's fair. That's fair. You, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, this is going to make such a great episode for some true crime podcast in the future. I'm like, hold on. Wait, let me take a picture of this before I try to attack you. Back. <laughs> well, on that note, I am uh, going to give you some things to worry about. Okay, cool. So I will not get desensitized, I promise. <laughs> well, I just mean like I feel like I've listened to like so many horrific 911 calls and whatnot that. See, and that's the difference is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say there are some that like really turn my stomach and yeah. have really appalled me. So maybe I'm not desensitized to it. There's, maybe... there's still hope for you. <laughs> there's still hope. You're still a human being. Yeah. No, I, I can't. I guess my point is I haven't stopped listening to them. Sure, yeah. And I never started. I just like keep going darker and darker into the hole. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know, we all know why we're here. Yeah. You're moving along. You're not better than us. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, Okay. So we're going back to Spain. Okay. I think this is like our third time in Spain. I wish I was in Spain right now. (laughs) Same. Would love, love to be in Spain right now, which we need to go back to I Spain. I bet Barcelona is so uncrowded right now. Yeah. And we should be at like wineries in Spain and driving along the northern. Oh, I want to go to San Sebastian so bad. Yeah. Uh, if you've been to San Sebastian, email us and tell me what we should do. Because once this quarantine is up, we are going to San Sebastian. Then we're going to Kruger National Park. <laughs> we're just, then we're going, we're going to the Azores. Azores. And we're going to Antarctica. We're going to all out. Alaska. We're going everywhere. God. At this point, my travel fund is going to be huge. Yeah. As long as yeah. I stop going to Lowe's and buying shit <laughs> in my house. Every time you go to Lowe's, just think of what percentage of a plane ticket you're wasting on, you know, Bird real seed. objects. Birdseed. <laughs> Those are cocktails for Spain. That's cocktails for Spain money. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Back to the point. Let's go to Spain. Uh, we are going to Aqualandia. Okay. It's a water park in, in Benidorm, Spain. I was going to say, that sounds like some sort of water type land. It is the first water park built in Spain. I believe it opened around 1985. Mm, crime water park era. <laughs> Yeah, and since then, it's been one of the world's largest water parks. Wow, who knew? I'm really not up on the time. Probably Spanish people with kids. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of British people know about it. Seems like they go there quite frequently. Yeah. The interesting thing that's that's not mentioned that often, but the park runs on water sourced directly from the sea. So basically, all the rides are saltwater rides. I mean, that, you know... I was like, if it's also being drained out to the sea, that's great. Because that limits that whole, like, swimming in children's pee situation. (laughs) 
I didn't I didn't read that so. far into the water sourcing. I just just got that far. So Aqualandia is your typical water park. We've got water slides, uh-huh. swimming pools, lazy rivers. You know, it also shares has a twin park that is a zoo next door, I believe. They share a parking lot. Mm. Yeah. And the rides fall into the categories of, of infant, moderate, and radical. <laughs> Totally tubular, dude. (laughs) Tubular, yeah. So two (laughs) rides that fall into the radical category are the Big Bang and the Vertigo. I just don't like the sound of that at all. (laughs) One thing I should mention, I hate theme parks. I hate rides. I have no interest in them whatsoever. So you you couldn't even pay me to go on this Vertigo slide. But basically, it's two slides that are side by side. And the tallest one is 108 feet, 33 meters, making it the highest slide in Europe and the tallest capsule slide in the world. And when I say it's a capsule slide, it's like where you get in the tube and you stand on the trap door and that's how you go down. Oh, no. Uh-uh. So. Uh, my stomach just threw up in my own stomach. The website says it's an average speed of about 60 miles an hour, about 100 kilometers an hour. And it's like jumping off of a, the 13th floor. Oh, my God. I don't like why do people like this? I don't understand. How is it a thing? Because they're insane. Oh, my God. I thought you said because they're in Spain. <laughs> I was like, well, Phoebe, that's very xenophobic. <laughs> they do enjoy it because they are in Spain. It's very popular. People, there are uh, tons of adrenaline junkies out there yeah. that do love this kind of Ooh, thing. Oh, God. Not for me. The big, the big bang slide is described as the ultimate freefall sensation. <laughs> I just don't want it. I don't want the ultimate. I want the non-ultimate. Just recently in 2019, they opened a new slide called the Cyclone, oh. which is basically like a funnel on its side. Yeah. And they drop four people in a tube. And the website says the Cyclone features heaps of drops, bends and falls with the ride accumulating in a zero gravity type of vortex before you land in the pool. Which, <laughs> like, my hands are sweating right now. I don't want anything to do with this. No, thank you. Yeah. Not cool at all. And it gets even worse. Like, this is just the tip of the shit iceberg at this place. So... I don't know what you're going to tell me about this place, but if any of the listeners have been to this park, I just want them to email us and, like, just tell us what, 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 why, <laughs> why did you go there? What did you see? Yeah. So, that brings me to David Brifo, Brifot. I'm terrible with last names. I apologize. But David Brifot, 23, and his girlfriend, Penny Bistro, Bis- Bristow. Penny Bristow are a... <laughs> I just heard beef rot and bistro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking of a real gross hamburger place. Oh, I know. I, I like, <laughs> I feel like it's so insulting when I butcher last names. I just... Yeah. You guys, I struggle. But you know, as, so, as like somebody the, with a hard to pronounce last name, yeah, I don't expect anyone to pronounce it right, so... Okay, so we've got... David, who's 23, and his girlfriend, Penny, who's 22. They are a British couple who've been together for the last six years. Mm-hmm. David is a talented junior golfer and a greenskeeper at a local golf club in Essex, mm-hmm. which is just right outside of London. Mm-hmm. And Penny is a full-time student. Mm-hmm. In July 2019, the couple are visiting Spain with another couple to celebrate Penny completing her degree. Nice. A couple of days before they are set to return home, 
the group decide to visit Aqualandia Water Park. <laughs> it's like whatever is going to happen, I don't know, but I swear it's always it's a holiday. We're celebrating. It's somebody's last day. It's a birthday. It's always something. Never do anything or go anywhere to celebrate something because you will die or be dismembered. So it's funny because we never go on trips to celebrate things. No. And there's usually a major holiday while we're traveling, and yet we still don't mean celebrate it. Uh, true story, people. When we <laughs> go on vacation, we are usually on vacation during uh, New Year's Eve, and we usually just end up sitting in our hotel room. <laughs> like, we don't mean celebrate it. We have we, we have gone to bed before the ball drops. <laughs> we have – one of us has shit our pants. We have eaten microwavable 7-Eleven food in a hotel room on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, we have just walked aimlessly in streets and gotten lost and then decided we should just go back to our but hotel wait, room. wait, just to be clear, no one has ever actually shit their pants. <laughs> I feel like that's important, too. That's an important distinction I want to make here. Okay. Almost. <laughs> yes, but I, I mean, like, certainly, we've been traveling together for about six years, and uh, every trip we take, we get less and less hyped up and involved with the uh, the New Year's Eve celebrations. Like we used to try, and then we tried a little less, and then we were like, "Do you want? Do you want to go out?" No, no, me either. I think last year I even packed a dress, yet I didn't pack shoes because I knew it wasn't really happening. <laughs> you knew, yeah. But, you know, it's protected us all these years. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. So Penny and David decide to go down the water slide called Splash. Okay. The Splash slide features six slides side by side where riders go down on a mat, like similar to like a foam mat or Mm -hmm. a boogie board. And the slide is rated as moderate on Aqualandia's website. Okay. As Penny and David descend down the slide, a friend at the bottom is recording them, and you can see the couple racing down the slide together on their stomach, and as the pair reaches the bottom of the slide, the video cuts out, but reports say that David's head appears to snap forward and hit the water. From there, David is knocked unconscious. He is helped out of the... I know. He's helped out of the water by his friend, and as he comes to, he says to his friend, I can't feel my legs. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I know. And I'm, I th- I think I mentioned this later in my notes, but I'll probably say it now. Um, the video was released after this accident, and the end is purposely cut off because they don't want anyone to see it. Yeah. Um, so you can only see moments of it, but there's several reports of, like, kind of describing what happened. Oh. So once David comes to and he says, I can't feel my legs, from there, lifeguards take him to a medical room and he's then rushed to a hospital. Mm. David has now suffered a catastrophic injury to his spinal cord. He has broken his neck in two places. Oh, my God. Which just – and now, again, when you look at these slides and compare to, like, the vertigo and the Big Bang, this is supposed to be, like, a moderate just, like – the yeah. kind of slide you would see it at Carnival. You know, you just like uh-huh. go down that little potato sack bag. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think this would be the slide that he hurt himself on. So once in the hospital, he is sedated and put under life support. And David's parents immediately fly to Spain to be by his bedside. In an interview with the BBC, David's mother says, It's a parent's worst nightmare. Your child goes on holiday and then is injured. You feel that your life has completely turned upside down. 
but what she said she couldn't understand was how her son could injure himself on a water slide. We want to know why and how it happened. Mm-hmm. While in Spain, David's parents are told that he may never walk again and may be paralyzed for life. God. From there, he's transferred back to the UK by an air ambulance where he is no longer under sedation and has been able to communicate with his family members. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure the time span between then, but spend some time in Spain before going back to the UK for continuous care. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, his parents released the footage of him going down the slide with the intention of drawing attention to the accident and demand an investigation into how this had happened to their son. Uh-huh. Aqualandia said it's very sad about what happened, but the park is not responsible for the accident. Oh, of course not. This gets worse. Just wait. Just, like, buckle up. Aww. They said the ride splash is completely safe, as are the rest of the slides at the park. The slides are checked by an external company every season and by staff every morning. It also said the video footage plainly shows that the 23-year-old man did not follow the guidelines for splash. Our lifeguard team informed him of the rules of the ride, and he didn't obey them. Oh, blame the victim. Classy. And when you watch this video, mm-hmm. there's, n- like, he's just, he's going down on his stomach. I don't know how else, how he couldn't have been obeying yeah. the rules. In an interview with David's uncle, Mark, he says, we totally refute that. If you look at the video clips, you see David going down the slide in a totally normal fashion. David is a big guy. He's 6'4", but he's going down in in accordance with the instructions at the top of the ride. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable. He goes down the ride. There's a big splash. and ends up breaking his neck. This is wild. And his girlfriend was fine, right? She was going down right next to him. Totally fine. Also going down head first. Yep. Um, After some time, he filed a lawsuit, Uh an investigation with the park. And part of that lawsuit investigation cites that he, him being 6'4", uh-huh. would give him much more speed than the typical rider down mm-hmm. the slide, which would have him hitting the water at a greater force. Yeah. But this isn't the only accident that has happened at this park. Yeesh, of course it's not. No, no, it no. It never is. So looking at their TripAdvisor profile, about 11% of their reviews are rated for terrible or poor. Wow. And most of them have to do with pain and safety. Oh, my God. Now, I will say that leads about 91% yeah. or 89% math. It's that hard. are positive. <laughs> you guys know I'm bad at math. Uh, that leaves about 89% that are somewhat positive. Yeah, yeah. But just to kind of give you a taste of some of those reviews as I went down this rabbit hole, Mm-hmm. Someone wrote, my partner received horrific bruising from vertigo, the black hole, zigzag, and the Big Bang. It was a, an initial adrenaline rush, but after the cost and the injuries, this quickly wore off and we left by 1 p.m. Jeez. Another person wrote, amazing rides, but expect some pain. The vertigo slide, which is an incredibly high slide, is probably the scariest ride I've ever been on. You basically step into a capsule and the floor disappears oh and God. you drop into a near vertical drop. This is incredibly fast, and as you go down, your body is battered from side to side before being dumped into the water at the bottom. High adrenaline, very high speed, but also quite painful. I would say overall we enjoyed it, but we would not go again just because there was so much pain involved to make it fun. That's insanity. That sounds like my worst nightmare. And there was quite, I mean, I'd say there was at least 400 of those poor and terrible reviews yeah so those are just the ones like the most recent ones i grabbed from like the first two pages yeah oh 
But it doesn't it doesn't stop there. <laughs> of course not. Why would it? <laughs> Ryan Ball, another Brit, was visiting Aqualandia in June 2019, just four weeks prior to David's accident, mm-hmm. and also suffered a minor neck injury after going down the same splash slide. Mm, so the moderate one, not so moderate. I found a picture posted online, and it looks like he's got like road rash down his neck. Yeah. He says it's cut open, and it probably is, but it just Oof. looks like this. It's his whole neck. We'll post pictures. Yeah. In an interview... Ryan says, it's a really dangerous slide. You go so fast, you forget how to ride unless someone tells you. When I hit the water, my body flew forward and I suffered minor whiplash, but I was one of the lucky ones. God, yeah. (laughs) Which I imagine the part that you can't see in the video of David is that, yeah, you probably hit the water and you let go of the board and then you propel forward. But I also don't know because I don't go on many water slides. Yeah. In the instance of... Ryan Ball, a water park spokesman, said there was no record of his injuries, but Ryan maintains that he was treated at the park and asked to sign a form. Oh. Now, in 2014, Jamie Norman, a 27-year-old father from Manchester, suffered face and leg injuries on the Vertigo slide. You know, the one with the trap door. Oh, yeah. This was his third time that day going down the slide, which... (laughs) Insanity. And on his third time... The trapdoor failed to open oh, all the way. So Christ. he pretty much, as gravity is ripping him through this hole, he scrapes his face, no. his legs, and his arms, and is plummeting down the, oh to the bottom. Oh, my God. And the bruises and scarring looks pretty brutal. He said when he got to the bottom, like, the pool was, like, filled with blood. Oh, my God. He says, I could have been killed. If I had been knocked unconscious, I could have lost control and drowned in the yeah. pool. I took an almighty crack on my face. <laughs> Recalling the incident, Jamie said, I was obviously quite distressed, but they just said, we'll sew you up. I was treated by an on-site doctor, and they didn't bother calling an ambulance. Uh -uh. Jamie even says the ride was back open within 10 minutes after Uh his injury, which to me hardly seems like enough time when the door doesn't work. Yeah. Like I've said it before, but it just totally reminds me of the the zipline and people in Daintree, Australia, where if the person in front of you has some catastrophic thing happen... And you're just standing there, the person right behind them, like, oh, shit, that could have been me. That could have been my face smashed in by only a half-open door. Uh Uh-uh. Open the ride back up? I'm not going. Goodbye. I'm getting back down the ladder or whatever it is. I mean, I am such a wuss. I wouldn't be getting on it anyways. No. So now... We are back in 2019, and a British mom of four was spending the day at the park with her family. She was the first one of her family to go down the vertigo, and was probably the last one after what she experienced is so freaking horrific. Mm. Manu Bagat said, I was told to cross my arms and legs, and there was a safety sign at the top of the slide. I've been on these types of slides before, so I know what I was doing. As I went down, I felt a tight pull, and I thought I had a wedgie. But as I got out of the pool, blood started pouring down my legs. Oh, my, my daughter God. saw the blood and was so scared. I knew that it couldn't be my period, and I tried to stay calm and not panic, but the pain was unbearable. Manu said she was seen by the medical staff, but they didn't think it was serious enough to call an ambulance. She said they gave her a dressing to stop the blood and said she could take a taxi to a nearby hospital. She didn't want to ruin her, her kid's vacation, so her family stayed at the park as she went to the hospital. 
The doctor said she had an eight centimeter tear in her vaginal area. Oh my god! Which I believe was probably her uterus or Jesus something Christ. down there. They just said it was like a vaginal injury. Yeah, from the water being forced inside oh of her body as god. she went down the slide. That is the least okay thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> After recovering, she went back to the UK. She said, I understand it was a- f- I thought you were going to say she went back to the water park. <laughs> like, no, she off. didn't. And she said she didn't really enjoy the rest of her vacation either. Uh, no, she did not go back to the water park. Oh, my God. Okay. After she got back home to the UK, she said it was a freak accident. And I'm not really sure what went wrong. But I think it has to do with something with the design of the slide. We are a family of adrenaline junkies. My husband and I have been skydiving, bungee jumping, but this has put me off from doing anything extreme. Uh, hell yeah. Women and girls need to know what they're getting themselves into. It could have easily happened to my daughter. Oh, God. And this isn't the first time a woman has suffered this type of injury on a water slide at the park. In 2017, Tony Steedman claimed she was not given safety instructions to cross her arms and legs. She said, the slide was really fast, and when I hit the water at the bottom, I just felt something burst inside of me. Oh, my God. (laughs) She thought she was going to die and lost six pints of blood after the incident on the kamikaze water slide. She also suffered a seven-centimeter tear to her uterus and was given three blood transfusions. Six pints of blood is a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like... And, you know, if I was going down one of those slides... My instinct would be to cross my arms because, like, you see that all the time on commercials and whatever. But my instinct would not be to cross my legs. I wouldn't even think about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will now. Not that I'm going on any water park rides. Basically, I'm never going to a water park. I'm probably never going to this water park. No. I'm going to the spa. <laughs> I mean, I'll entertain the Lazy River, but I think I can find that a resort. I don't need to go to the water park. Lazy River, yes. I don't need zero gravity feelings. I know I went through that kind of fast because there's a lot to cover. I want to make sure we didn't turn into a 45-minute episode. But I think one thing's pretty consistent with these stories that the park isn't taking any responsibility. I mean... And I'm not saying that, like I said, only 11% of those TripAdvisor reviews were poor or negative. That's kind of a lot, though, like relative to other places. A lot of people (laughs) enjoy it. But I did read some things like when you, you pay to get into the park... I think it was like $30-ish. Mm-hmm. And then you have to rent a suntan chair. Like, if you want a chair to lounge on, you have to rent the chair. And Sure. I just don't have anything nice to say about it because I don't have anything nice to say about any theme park. <laughs> they just don't. They don't do it for me. That is all horrible. I, I don't know. Like, I do, when I, when I think of, like, slides and water parks, I do think about the possibility of being paralyzed, breaking your neck and stuff. But I have never considered having a tear in my lady parts and losing six pints of blood is not a thing that I thought could happen. And I feel like if there is a ride that has the force to do that to you, maybe it shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's more than the ones I found. Yeah. I think there's more. But I even feel like the ones that you did see, the fact that they're all from the same place, I feel like that place probably shouldn't be a thing anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive about how business works. <laughs> but that's a lot. That Just the ones you said are a lot. Yes. And I probably should look up the statistics for here in the U.S. We have like six flags, you know? Yeah. Or 
one of those type places. You know who you can't find statistics on is Disney. You got to (laughs) like dig for Disney accidents. Yeah. Because that's where this rabbit hole started. Yeah, they got the best lawyers. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I found some. There's like a Wikipedia page, but it's pretty, pretty hidden. Yeah. All this to say is fuck water parks. I'm sorry if you guys <laughs> like them. You should enjoy them, though. Enjoy them with caution. I mean, if you do, tell us. Tell me all about it. Tell me if you ever got your uterus ripped open by a slide. <laughs> so bad. I never thought that could happen. I'm like, I'm like slouching in my chair because I feel like I'm... <laughs> I'm like, I'm in pain for these women. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot. And I think we can relate with them because as a woman, it's easier to understand of what that force must be like going into your vaginal area. Yeah. But also poor David. I mean, he's paralyzed. Yeah. And of all, like I said, I was kind of like, you would think that you would be paralyzed off of these other slides, not the one he took. But again, if like these slides aren't engineered with just the right curve and radius and pitch or whatever goes into designing horror traps or (laughs) adventure parks, you know? Yeah. Because that's what they said. Like, again, in his claim, he said a too steep gradient and some of his height and weight would achieve an unsafe velocity in in descending, which is all just like mathematics, which we know I'm bad at, so I'll never design a ride. Um. Well, and it's like, if that's the case, then you need to, you know, like at, at theme parks, like you must be this tall to ride this ride. They got to be like, you must be under this height and under this weight to ride this ride, you know? Yep. And also cross your legs or you're going to have a baby in reverse. Physics. That's what I was trying to say. The physics. <laughs> <laughs> the physics of these rides and the engineering. I don't know. So... I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm not going to a water park. That was a wild ride. <laughs> Pun intended. But I believe you did say you were going to pick me up from here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, feel, I feel half crazy right now. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take us somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but well, I don't even want to right now. I need a minute. I'm not even bummed out right now. I'm just like shocked bewildered yeah (laughs) yes i'm like what and why do people still go to these places but anyway (laughs) uh yeah adrenaline junkies all of you just email us and tell us like why tell us what that thing is in your mind that makes you feel like the zero gravity feeling in your stomach is like a thing you chase after it's fascinating to me because it is the thing i run away from yeah so definitely email us about that all right i am taking you all the way back to america my story is about a couple from Mesa, Arizona, Ryan Osman, who is 34, and his girlfriend, Jessica McNeil. They did not say her age, so I don't know. Probably about the same. Um, they traveled to Utah's Zion National Park for some Valentine's Day weekend hiking to celebrate their one-year anniversary. There they go, celebrating something. Always, always celebrating. I mean, this is like a double-decker doozy because it's Valentine's Day and they're celebrating an anniversary. So, bad news. Does that mean they met on Valentine's Day or like had a first date on Valentine's Day? Probably their first date was on Valentine's Day, which is like, well, <laughs> that's kind of rough. As long as you said it and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of avoid that, like. 
I mean, I actively like don't leave my house. Like I I don't care how hungry I was. <laughs> I would not go to a restaurant on Valentine's Day. So God forbid you're going on your first date with somebody on Valentine's Day. That is a lot of pressure. But in any event, they go to Zion National Park, which is beautiful and lovely, but also it's February. <laughs> so, you know, it gets cold there. Um, they decided to hike the subway route, a trail that's about nine miles and can be done from the top down, which requires swimming and rappelling with ropes, or can be done from the bottom up, which, while still a strenuous hike, isn't technical. Given that it was mid-February, they definitely weren't trying to swim through some freezing water, so they chose to hike the bottom-up route. They headed up in crisp, sunny weather and expected the hike to take them about 10 hours. And I feel like just saying they expected (laughs) it to take them 10 hours already gives you a hint that it blew away their expectations. (laughs) Let's just say that. Yeah. So after they'd been hiking around for about four miles, the couple came to a large stretch of water that was blocking the trail. It appeared shallow, so they used a stick that they'd picked up earlier on the trail to carefully make their way across. So Jessica suddenly cried out, and Ryan saw her sink to her knees. She'd put her hands out in front of her to stop herself from falling forward, and they also became stuck. Jessica was stuck. In quicksand. In the water? Yep. She was living in a 90s adventure movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I never considered that quicksand could be in the water. Yeah. I I knew it was like, I always assumed it was like along the water, you know? Yeah, like like you wouldn't see it coming and it would just be like, oh, that's sand. That's, That's dirt, whatever, and step in it. Turns out wet areas are some of the worst for quicksand. But after a struggle... Ryan was finally able to free Jessica by pulling her torso while lunging his body forward, which freed her, but unfortunately, it caused his own right leg to sink in real deep. Oh my gosh. When you were researching this, did you research how you get out of sand? Because I'm going to need to be told at the end of this. <laughs> I did. I like, did. you better have a solution <laughs> for me at the end. <laughs> I I have quite a few things to tell you about that. Good. So on being stuck in quicksand, and this like this part really gets me. On being stuck in quicksand, Ryan said, quote, the best way to describe it would be just standing in a huge puddle of concrete that basically just dries instantly. Your foot doesn't move. You can move the sand a couple of inches at the top of your leg where your waist is at. But just as quick as you move it, the sand refills, so there's no chance of moving at all. Which is just like, that's like panic and terror. You just can't move. Yeah, it makes me think that you'd almost feel claustrophobic in a way. Yeah, yeah, because like it would feel at the moment that the only way to get yourself out would be to like chop your leg off. Otherwise, you're just stuck. Yeah. Anyway, it kind of gets worse from here. (laughs) Jessica tried to free Ryan's leg for around 30 minutes when Ryan told her she needed to just go for help. There was no cell reception in the area. It was cold and snowing now, and both of them were basically soaking wet from struggling in the water. She needed to get help. Oh, we know this just equals hypothermia. Yeah. So she needed to get help, and she needed to get it really fast. They were on the descent at this point, right? They were no, they they weren't even halfway. So they had they didn't even they didn't even made it to the summit and is going back down. 
Yes. So they're four miles in at this point out of a nine-mile trail. Oh. Yeah. I get it that people hike in the wintertime, but I never will. <laughs> Only because my biggest fear is would be getting stuck in a snowstorm or a blizzard, hiking. That's just awful. But the worst part was... <laughs> Jessica had never hiked alone before. She had only ever hiked with him. So she was worried about hiking out by herself. And not to mention the fact that a winter storm was moving in and the potential for hyperthermia was, of course, very high. She said, quote, the only thing scarier than hiking alone was leaving Ryan alone in sinking quicksand. Which is just like, can you even imagine? Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, bye, no. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can through this freaking snowstorm, and I'm your only lifeline. Like, it's all down to me. But was it like a legit snowstorm, or was it just like flurries? Oh, it was so legit, and I will tell you how legit it was. Oh! we're. I mean, we're talking about national parkland in Utah. Like, you know, out west, they get storms. Like, nobody's business. Yeah. So they hadn't seen any other hikers on their way in, which is another thing. It's like it's February. Zion National Park in the summertime, that place would be crowded with people. But it's February. No one else thought, let's go hiking for Valentine's Day weekend in Zion. So they saw nobody on their way in. So they knew that there was no help coming that way. As Ryan watched Jessica hike away up the canyon, he said he never felt so alone in his life. <laughs> Just like... I would be so terrified to be stuck there alone. How scared would you be that, like, you're stuck in quicksand in a snowstorm, your girlfriend hikes away, what if something happens to her, and you're <laughs> like, you know, how, how many hours go by before you're like, well, I'm a goner? Right. And I'm like, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, she's doing like a 30 minute mile. Mm -hmm. She's got four to go. That's two hours. But you know what, though? Worst case scenario is not a 30 minute mile when you're talking about hiking downhill in well, a snowstorm. But like, but now she, her adrenaline's running. She's scared. Yeah. Like she's probably at an hour per mile. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what I was going was like, that's best. I guess that's best case scenario. It becomes worst case when you add in she's wet, she's terrified, yeah. she's frantic, she's never hiked alone. Yeah, those miles get longer and longer. Yeah, and depending on how steep it is, even in good weather, I go down like really steep paths, I go down real slow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, as the snow started falling, he put his arms and head inside his jacket to try to preserve any warmth he had left. It was around 17 degrees Fahrenheit or negative eight celsius with frozen solid sleeves because remember they're all wet from splashing around trying to get out of there so his sleeves are frozen solid and numb legs his whole body aches yeah as darkness fell ryan said quote i was freezing and beginning to lose hope if jessica had made it out help should be here by now i pictured her fallen and alone somewhere on the trail oh gosh so, both of them at this point are thinking just, you know, horrible things. Like, Jessica already knows what's happening to him, but now he's imagining that some similar awful fate has befallen her. Yeah, neither one have hope for each other. They're like, yeah. this, is, this is awful. Yeah. 
But Jessica had, in fact, hiked for three hours before she got to an area with cell reception and was able to reach Park Ranger. So, hallelujah. I told you I was going to uplift you. Good. Three hours is a long time to wait out in the freezing cold, alone with your legs stuck in quicksand. But unfortunately for Ryan, that wasn't even the half of it because it took the rescue team seven hours. To reach him. What? (laughs) Why? Because the snowstorm, I'm sure they had to get all their gear together. It's it's a lot to coordinate. Uh, I'm sure it being a holiday weekend probably didn't help. (laughs) I mean, it's Valentine's. It's not a holiday weekend. Um, I'm just so concerned for him. I mean, hypothermia can set in within like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. This poor guy. This is 10 hours. 10 hours. In a in a quicksand hole in water and being snowed on by a storm. This is one of those things where like your will to live helps you out. I am. Uh, a park ranger named Tim arrived first and told Ryan Jessica had made it out, and though she had indeed developed hypothermia, she was going to be fine. Okay, if she's got hypothermia, he's got to be like... Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because she's been moving. She's been moving the whole time. You know, like body body warmth. He's just been sitting there waiting. I also have this like weird feeling that this sand acted as an insulator in some weird, twisted mother nature type way. Yeah, I don't know. You, You would think that it'd probably be pretty cold because the sand... It's like a sludgy sand mixed with water situation. So you know the water is stinking cold because it's February. So I don't know how warm the earth gets when your leg is submerged all the way into it. I don't know. Physics. (laughs) (laughs) It all goes back to physics. Uh, So. Well, I mean, I'm like, I don't know, but I just imagine in some way maybe the heat that was coming off his body was being... (laughs) Pushed back in. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a sandy blanket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. I'm making this up as I go. I'm just I'm just hopeful that he's going to be okay. I'm just trying to be hopeful. So Ryan says, Tim, quote, tied a rope around my torso and rigged a pulley system to a rock. But as soon as he cranked the ratchet, I called out in pain. It felt as if my hips were being torn apart and my leg didn't so much as budge. He tried digging with his hands, but each time he touched my leg, it felt like piercing knives. We had to wait for backup. So at this point, only Tim has arrived. Like, Tim is like the first responder and they're waiting for the rest of the guys to show up still. When additional rescuers got to the scene, they attempted the pulley system again, with one ranger operating the crank, one digging, and two others lifting him by the shoulders. The whole process took two hours, but Ryan was finally freed. How are the people next to him holding his shoulders not sinking in? Mm, It's very possible they just put some kind of board down or something. Right, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All you really need is distribution of weight not to sink in. Oh, is that the trick? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll tell you about that in a little bit. So due to the storm and it being night, a rescue helicopter could not reach them. And Ryan and the team of rescuers had to stay in place overnight. So you asked like how serious of a snowstorm this was. It was serious enough that a rescue helicopter could not land. So pretty serious. 
It snowed more overnight, and further snow was called for that day, but his leg was still numb and ached, and Ryan knew there was no possibility that he could hike back out on his own. Luckily, around noon, a helicopter, this is the next day now, Mm -hmm. a helicopter was finally able to land, and almost a full 24 hours after telling Jessica to go for help, Ryan was finally safe. I can't even imagine. 24 hours is such a long time to be, like, uncomfortable and hypothermic (laughs) and everything else. Ah, yeah, I just can't imagine going to sleep that night. I mean, thank God the rescuers got there, so they probably had a change of clothes for him and food and a tent and things, but still. You're still in a tent? In a snowstorm? Yeah, your your leg is not properly seen to yet. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're not out of it yet. And I think you must just be so relieved that you're not alone anymore. I bet he slept like a log that night because at least it was like, people are here, they can take over now. Like, I don't have to just exist myself. Right. I don't have to survive alone. Yeah. Oh, that would be the scariest part would be just immobilized and not knowing if anybody was coming for you. Like, I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. Yeah. This whole thing sounds awful. Yeah. During the ordeal, he was sure he was going to end up losing his leg just due to the length of time it had spent submerged in freezing cold water. But amazingly, though he was diagnosed with exposure, hypothermia, and extremity injuries, Ryan and his leg would make a full recovery, which, like, (laughs) to your point, is incredible. (laughs) It must have been something about, like, the sand... (laughs) And like some kind of warmth in there. <laughs> See, maybe I'm maybe I'm onto something. I'll be googling this when we hang. I mean, up. who knows? Maybe it was like that's something too. It's like maybe the pressure, because they do say like quicksand. It's like it's this pressure against you the whole time. So maybe that had something to do with it not getting frostbite or whatever you know i don't know mm-hmm. maybe it's like your leg is just like cryogenically frozen <laughs> it can be unfrozen later yeah something crazy but when asked if he wants to hike the subway route again ryan said quote i really wouldn't change anything or go back and change anything or do anything differently it was just a freak accident that my leg hit this hole of sand so that's a pass for ryan And I feel like that's a little bit refreshing to me because sometimes, like, a lot of times, these stories we talk about, they ask the person, like, oh, like, would you go ziplining again? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, refreshing for somebody to be like, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. I will not be going for round two. It is amazing also how many people accept that it was a freak accident. Yeah. Even like the zip lining, not um Yeah. Not the woman in British Columbia, but the gentleman in Switzerland. He was like, Yeah, it was an accident, like it happens, you know? Yeah. Is it an accident or is it like shoddy companies? gear or whatever physics shoddy physics the shoddy physics yeah i mean i mean that quicksand is like this thing to me that doesn't seem real because i've never encountered it you don't really hear much about it either and you don't know yeah you know like no one ever gives you the lesson on quicksand as like an outdoorsy (laughs) person well and here's the thing when i read the story i was like excuse me what because when we were growing up 
all those movies had quicksand and people up to their chins in quicksand and oh my god, gotta rescue them from the quicksand. It was like the monster in all of the adventure movies, you know, it was quicksand. Yeah. And then I felt like as an adult, I heard so many things where they were like, oh yeah, and like quicksand is so not a problem. So it, like all those movies were just, you know, hyping up this silly thing. Ha ha ha. And then I read this article. <laughs> And I learned so much about quicksand and I'm like, hold on. I think we've been led to believe that quicksand is less of a problem (laughs) than it really is. Right. It seems mythical. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. That's my problem with Uh, it. I'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff about quicksand now. While quicksand isn't super common at Zion, it is something hikers should be aware of. Uh, Ali Baltris, the public information officer in uh, Zion National Park, says, quote, it can form in saturated loose sand with standing water. If it is at the ideal saturation point and you step into it, the water cannot escape and it creates a liquefied soil that cannot support weight and creates a suction. She said that it had been wetter than usual in Zion that winter, and that was likely a big factor in the quicksand developing in this instance. And it's funny, because obviously, you know, the quicksand being heavily featured in all those movies back in the day, and I honestly, like, I wasn't even sure if quicksand was like a made-up Hollywood thing, like, to a certain degree, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it seems like it's mythical. Yeah, like, and obviously I know it's definitely real now, but I wondered to what degree was movie quicksand real? And you might be glad to know that the quicksand scenarios in the movies where somebody is slowly sinking and they're like up to their chin and about to get swallowed up whole right before somebody rescues them. That's absolutely false and will never happen. <laughs> According to the scienceexplorer.com, quote, studies have found it is impossible to become completely submerged in quicksand because humans are less dense than quicksand and a person would only sink to their chest before they would be- begin to float <gasps> because it's like the density of your lungs versus the density of the quicksand. So wait, so you want to go deeper because then you float well no it's just it's just the point that you'll you'll stay at that level of your chest you won't oh, you won't oh. sink any lower <laughs> i thought you meant yeah. like i'd float up like i was in the <laughs> You're dead like, sea oh, dig in <laughs> that's the solution i was like yes perfect you. i'll dig my heels in deeper <laughs> <laughs> no But if you ever did find yourself getting sucked into quicksand, at least you can rest assured that it's not going to crush you, for one, because it can't crush your lungs, because your lungs are more dense, and it cannot drown you. (laughs) So at least that's one anxiety you can take away, and then you can just focus on only just being stuck. Right. So hypothermia, starvation. Yeah. Something attacking my face. (laughs) Yeah, that would be another thing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else to worry about. Yeah. So if you're trapped somewhere that has rising tides, then you could drown. But it would only because the quicksand is holding you at one level and the tides are rising around you. But if you're in like a lake or something that's not affected by tides, then you don't have to worry about it. And usually it's just going to be something like this, where it's like just a not so deep sort of 
water that forms on a trail or something. So most of the time, it would never be a situation where the tides would come in and drown you. But that would be one way that you could drown from it. But unlikely. Apparently, the force needed to lift someone out of quicksand is equal to that of lifting an entire car. So rather than lifting, there are several techniques that people can use depending on how deeply stuck a person is. And I won't go into all of those because we'd be here for a very long time and no one would remember them anyway. But basically, the first steps are always to generally try to remain calm which I feel like we all kind of know that from that the movies. That is such a bullshit <laughs> piece of advice. I am sinking in quicksand. I am not calm. But it is true, though, because the more you move, the more you wedge yourself down in it, basically. So try to remain calm. I mean, calm. that's fair, but that's like, then just say, stop moving, not remain calm, because yeah. I will be, <laughs> I will be letting my emotions run wild. Well, I'm not moving. Phoebe, I'm being very calm, but can you go get a stick? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just feel like sometimes that, like, stay calm. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Well, my leg's stuck. Like when somebody's freaking out and you're like, hey, just relax. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no. So what Ashley meant to say was, do not fight the sand. You can freak out emotionally all you want. Or more <laughs> just, like, try to try to remain still. <laughs> You can shout all the expletives that you want. You can <laughs> yell at people to hurry up and come and help you. But just try not to move your body very much. <laughs> also, very important, get rid of extra weight that you're carrying. So if you have a backpack on, as calmly as possible, remove your backpack, throw it away from you. If you are by yourself, though, remove your backpack, put it next to you. Don't throw it far away from you because... If you have stuff like food in your backpack and extra layers of warmth, you do You're want to keep that your close to you. <laughs> yeah. So you don't starve to death. And it's, and yeah, and it's very, very unlikely. It's like quicksand is in pockets, right? So if you fall into a pocket, if you take your backpack off and put it next to you, it's very unlikely that your bag is also going to, th to sink. Your bag is probably just going to sit there next to you. Uh, just fine. So, so don't throw it away. But anything that's heavy that you can take off, take it off, put it aside. Uh, because if the more weight you have, the more it's gonna suck you down. And though you won't go above your lungs, you would like to try to stay <laughs> as far out of the quicksand as possible. Because of course, it'll just make it easier to get you out. So, and also, whatever movements you make, make them slowly. I feel like that's one that we learn from the movies, too. It's like, remain calm and move slowly. And the website Art of Manliness actually has a really great illustrated guide to freeing yourself from quicksand. And in it, they point out that for quicksand to develop, there has to be an underground water source. And because of that, quicksand in the U.S., is mostly found near swamps and marshes in the southeast or the canyon regions of Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. Interesting. Yeah, which is like something I never I never would have known, I never would have thought of. It certainly doesn't mean if you're hiking in the northeast that you don't need to worry about this. It just means it's less common. So always be aware 
Uh, I feel like from just from reading this, I'm always going to be more careful when I'm walking through wet areas when I'm hiking from now on. Because this is something I genuinely never thought I needed to worry about. (laughs) And now I know. Yeah, I'm with you. I never thought I had to worry about this. I thought it only happened in Jumanji. (laughs) And you know what? I think in the Instagram, I'm going to link that art of manliness because they do have like a like a graphic that shows the ways to get yourself out of quicksand. And like some of them, you know, depend. It all depends on how far up you are sunk into it. And so sometimes it can be just as simple as laying back and then the distribution of weight from your whole back pressing down on the area can just make your legs float up out of the sand. So sometimes it can be easy, sometimes not so much. So everybody who hikes or walks around on some backwoods, and especially in Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico, should go check that out. Just so you'll have maybe somewhere in the back of your mind, you'll have a little little illustrated image of what you're supposed to do. But even if you don't remember anything, just remember, be as still as possible and get rid of whatever weight you can. Well, I definitely feel like I learned something new, which is good. Mm -hmm. I don't feel any safer, but I feel (laughs) maybe 1% more prepared. Yeah, but you know what, though? Ryan made a full recovery after the worst 12 hours, snowstorm, 17 degree weather, all of that. So... Let that lift your spirits a little bit that crazy things are possible and that if you ever get stuck in quicksand, there is a very good possibility you will be okay even if you're in the middle of a blizzard. As long as you're not alone. As long as you're not alone. Yeah. If you're alone, I don't know. Don't go hiking in February by yourself. That's all I know. Unless you live someplace where it doesn't snow in February, then go hike all you want. Well, yeah. You know, sometimes I forget. (laughs) <laughs> that some places are so lucky. It doesn't snow everywhere in February. Yeah. Well, gosh, I feel like this was a loaded episode. <laughs> I feel like this is the episode where we just don't want anybody to have any fun. <laughs> no water parks, no hiking, no Valentine's Day. Stop celebrating things. Never leave your Physics. house. It's all terrible. <laughs> it's all bad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well... If you have any stories about quicksand, or you've been to Aqualandia, uh, yeah, and you love thrill rides, yeah, we definitely want to hear about it because we don't understand any of it. Yeah, send those emails right away to early departure podcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at early departures podcast. And we really, really want to know about it. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Maybe more than I've ever wanted to know anything else. Yeah. We're not boring people, but we're just, we're not, we don't, we don't seek the thrills that hardcore. We probably do sound really boring. (laughs) Uh, But you know, for every person who's like hardcore uh, enthusiast of adrenaline junkie, there's also people like us who are like, I don't get it. Yeah. So... Send us your thoughts. Tell us what you're thinking. And in the, uh, you know, at the same time, if you enjoy our show, go ahead and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and tell your friends. Yes. Because they want to know about quicksand too. Everyone needs to know about quicksand. Right? It's a very important topic. Crucial information. Yeah. And we'll be back next Monday, bright and early. And until then, be safe. And depart on time. <laughs>